It is good to be back here with everybody. We had a wonderful time. Our family, every year, our family does a thing we call Walktoberfest. It's a, a, we pit each of the families, our three children, against each other in games and things, and somebody comes out a winner in that. And uh, I think Deborah and I came out as winners that we got to spend a whole week. This was something that was a little bit bigger than what we normally do. We normally just do a weekend, but this was the kids and everybody wanted to take a big trip. And so we went to Florida, was on the beach for a week, and that was awesome. It was good, and we had a great time. Uh, today, if you notice, we didn't have King's Kids. Used to, every... and Miss Carrie's here. Yeah, she gets to come to worship today. Yay. And uh, we used to, every, uh, every what, every month, the last Sunday of the month, I think, we didn't have King's Kids. And since we've been back and everything like that, we wanted to give Carrie a break. And so I, what we're going to do is we're going to do this probably kind of like the fifth Sunday of every month that we have a fifth Sunday. And we're going to do a family day like this. And so that's just to kind of get you prepared so everybody's in here. And I've got a 30-minute sermon. And Carrie said, if you want us to do this again, you better cut that down. <laughs> I go, yes, ma'am. So I will do that. I want to, I want to let you know what's coming up. Uh, Next week, we're going to start a new series on peace. And one of the things that we're going to do, that I'm going to do, is I asked, I asked Bob Gregg to write down all his maxims, which, if you don't know what maxims are, maxims are expressions of truth or principles. And so he has, over the years that he was here, 25 years, he had these little sayings, these little quips that he used that were principles of truth and expressions of truth. And so we're going to design the whole series around peace, but I'm going to use and incorporate some of those little maxims as we go through each one of those lessons uh, starting next week. And so I just wanted you to kind of know that and um, so that we can, uh, you can be prepared for that. Uh, before we get started, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. God, as we come before you this morning, I thank you for this time that we had with our children. To see them together, sitting so politely and listening to the story, it will be okay. Lord, we're thankful for your presence in our life because we know when adversity comes, when things come and hit us, we know that it will be okay because you are with us and you are ahead of us, and we thank you for that. Lord, we pray, I pray for this church, that you will bless us and be with us, that you will strengthen us and help us that you will walk with us, and that we will be faithful to you in all that we do. We love you so much. We give you glory and honor because of who you are. You are the righteous one. You are the faithful one. And your steadfast love is always before us. And we thank you for that. 
Be with us today as we study your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I can tell you that when I get anxious, it usually shows up in my body somewhere. Some kind of twitch, some kind of something. And Deborah notices that right off. She sees that. And she doesn't ask, what are you anxious about? She just says, okay, what's bothering you? That's all she has to say. She knows that. She knows that about me, that there are times when I just get so anxious. And there have been many times in this season that I have been anxious. And I'm not anxious ever about money. It's a funny thing. And the reason is, is I don't know anything about our money. I have no clue. So I don't worry about that. I never ha- it's just a, it's a wonderful thing not to have to worry. I just said, can I get some shoes? That's all I have to ask. So that's a good thing. So that's never been a problem for me. But I do worry much about this family. I worry about us as a body of believers. I worry, and anxious maybe is more part. I don't know if I worry, but I'm anxious. Anxious as to the faithfulness of this body of Christ. I'm anxious about the hurts and the illnesses and the people who have experienced death in these past two years. I was talking to Bob the other day and he goes, James, I think you have had more funerals in the past two years than we ever did in the 25 years before. And that is hard. It's difficult. And the one thing (laughs) happened is, is that Carrie gave me this book, a little book that says, it will be okay. A little book about a seed and a little fox. And the truth in that little book hit astoundingly home to me. They hit me. Because the first time I read it, I was like, I don't know if I can get through this. And just the the farmer is good, the farmer is kind, and the farmer is taking care of you. I hope we all know who that is, right? We all know who that is. That's, that's our Heavenly Father. He is good, and He is kind, and He's watching over us, and it will be okay. 
As long as we have him, it will be okay. But I don't remember a time, I don't think I remember a time in our, in our history where the anxiety levels in our nation and in our families are as high as they are at this time. Anybody with me on that? I mean, just around everywhere, just around everything that's going on, we see this anxiety-ridden nation. We're anxious about things that are going on. And the question I, I, I posed is how can parents instill reassurance and courage in the lives of our families? How do we do that when all of that is going on? When everything, it seems like the world is almost like... And then I have to, we all have to realize one thing. God is good. God is kind. God has this under control. Now read Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, and it says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that last sentence, don't you? That last sentence is just really powerful to me. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Why do I have to worry about all this? I've got this right in front of me right now. Why do I have to worry about everything that's behind me or everything that's in front of me? Right here, right now, this day is sufficient for the trouble that I will have. So don't be anxious about all this and all that. I'm here now with you. Let's deal with this right here right now. There's some passages of Scripture, I, I just, there's those, those passages of Scripture that Jesus talked about, that Jesus said, His words, that just they were powerful to me. And he, I just want to throw a couple of them out. I think they're going to be on the screen. I am with you. No one can snatch you out of my hands. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In me you may have peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Okay, so I want to do two things today. I want to just give you two kind of points, because we're going to try to keep this short. We really are. Two kind of points today, and I want to say, how can we, what can we do, what can we do that can help us overcome the anxiety in our hearts? What is it that we need in our lives to help us do that? Okay, so let me give you two things, and the, the second thing is going to have four subpoints really quick. Okay, so here's the first thing. The first thing is this. Trust God. That, that's it. I mean, if it all comes down to it, the thing that helps us more than anything else is trust God amid the fear amid an uncertainty, understanding he is good, even when life doesn't even feel good. And you think about the seed, you think about the fox, you think about that seed, he's pushed down into the dirt, and he's going, I don't know if this is good for me. 
I don't know if this is good. And the fox is going, I've lost a friend. I don't know what's happening to him. I'm scared for him, and I'm scared myself. And we see these things. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, it says this, I want, I want to know Christ. Yes, know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, Paul says. All right, I'm not there yet. And if Paul says that, I know that I'm not there yet. Not that I have already attained this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, here's where we go, one thing I do, the one thing that we are supposed to do that, that helps us in this way of looking at the world, forgetting what is behind and straining for what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Our goal is Christ. Our goal is God. Our goal is to be with Him. That's our goal, brothers and sisters. It's what we're looking forward to. I put my trust in Him, and I am looking forward in looking ahead, I press on toward that goal, is what Paul was saying. We, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we are going to face the fears and the anxiety in our lives, we need to know that God is in control. It will be okay. It will be okay. And that's hard, it's difficult. Why? Because many of us are facing things that no one else in this room knows. Many people are facing things that are life-threatening. Many people are facing illnesses. Some may be facing financial struggles that no one knows about. Some of you may be facing relational struggles that are so difficult, it's very hard right now. And for those who have lost loved ones, what Brad was talking about his father, it's tough. It's tough to lose those we love. And here's the second ingredient. The second ingredient comes with my rubber band. The second ingredient is resilience. Resilience. Resilience is the forced response to distress. Okay, that's what it is. Resilience is the forced response to distress. Resilience is the ability to stretch back after one has been stretched too far, right? And what, that, that, what that's going to occur, what that is needed in order for this to happen, to come back, 
we all are stretched to a point that we could break. Now, this rubber band's about 10 years old. I took another one that I just had right before this. I'm glad I had two right before this, and it broke on me. But some of you may feel that your rubber band has already broken. But you think about this, you think about that rubber band. And I want to give you four things, and so you can write these down real quick. The first one is a firm foundation, a firm foundation. The psalmist says, David said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my horn and my salvation, my stronghold. Parents, since this is kind of a family day, we need to give our children a solid foundation built on the rock. And parents, if Bible class and King's kids and worship are the only time, listen, are the only time our children are being shaped spiritually, their foundation will more than likely be formed by the priorities, our priorities that are more important than their spiritual well-being. That's pretty in your face, I know. But it's also true. So, spending time on our children's faith and helping them grow demands first we have a solid foundation and then we pass that down to the next generation. This day has been many sermons already. You have seen Austin and Tate up here leading singing together. Was that not a sermon? It was a sermon. You saw Brad and Mason stand up here together. And that was a lesson. And then Langston got up here and read our scripture. That's how we build a solid foundation. That we're teaching our kids and training them in righteousness. All right, here's the second thing. Write this down. Flexibility. Flexibility. Paul was flexible. He was flexible. He said, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in the blessings. Listen, one size does not fit all. It doesn't fit all. We've got to be able to help our children, not just one way, but in many different ways. The one thing I know about raising three kids, you try it with the first one, you get it all wrong, and by the third one, you get it right. Are you right? I mean, how many of us? My kids, my two oldest, they just look back and go, well, you didn't treat, you didn't treat us like you treated the youngest one. Yeah, because I learned. And I'm sorry, kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've apologized to my older one. Because I wish I had known then when I know, knew then for the third one. 
So here's the third thing, faith. So the other day, the other day I get a, uh, we get a text. We have a, a, we call it the Wavers text. And so this text is for all, the, all of our family, adult family. And I get this uh, text from my uh, son-in-law, my middle daughter. Uh, and so, it, and I want you to, this is an actual conversation. And this is my seven-year-old grandson. He walks, he, he, here's his text. He walks into the kitchen and says to his father, okay, what if the Bible isn't real? Maybe it's just a story someone made up who wants to believe in God. Him cringing. What makes you say that, son? Well, it's just too weird. Someone totally could have made it up. Well, what do you believe? I'm 50-50. He said, I get that. Sometimes it's hard to believe, but I decide to believe every day, and that's called faith. Well, if it's not real, I'll be disappointed. But if it is real, I'll be surprised. And he's thinking, I'm going to have a long life here with this boy. Faith is something that every one of us need. In Hebrews 11, 39 through 40, and all these, this is looking at the whole, as you look at uh, Hebrews 11 and you see the Hall of Fame of faith, that Hall of Fame of all these characters and all of them, this last two verses are the ones that really get me. And all these, all these, Hall of Fame faith, all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. All these people were looking forward to Christ. All these were faithful, even though they knew that they wouldn't be alive to see Christ in that day. David, all the people that you see, Abraham, Moses, all those that were even unspoken and and no names were said, they by faith put their faith in God and trusted that the story that they were told and the story that they were living had significance for you and for me. It had significance for each of us. And the things that were promised down here are the things that we are given. We are living in this space that they look forward to and we now have. What a blessing, right? What a blessing. And then last, last, we need to face our fears. We need to face our fears. I was talking in our leadership class last, uh, on Wednesday night, and in that leadership class on Wednesday night, we were talking about fear, about Peter getting out of the boat. And as Peter got out of the boat, he saw that he was afraid. But we also need to learn and understand that there were 11 that were even, even more afraid, right? See, we always forget. We always look at Peter and go, oh my, oh wow, this guy, he's just so afraid. He saw the wind. 
He got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. And one of the things about fear, and I, and I said this on Wednesday night, one of the things about fear is unless you're taking steps toward fear, if you're not taking steps toward fear, you live in dread. And dread is the place where you can't move. And Peter had the ability, had, had at least something inside of him that said, I will move out onto that water that is storming, that is going all haywire, and I will make steps to go to Jesus. No one else did. Because there was a dread that kept them fearful. And one of the things that we have to do is we need to move toward those fears, trusting that Jesus is there. Trusting that here. It's not easy. I didn't say it was easy. But listen to this in, in Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be, dis, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. One of the first scriptures our kids memorized. And they memorized it because it's a song. And because we had scripture songs that we put into our tape. <laughs> into the cassette deck. That actually played over and over. And that's one of the first scriptures our kids learned. They learned it by singing it. Facing our fears begins one step at a time. We help our children when we help them face their fears. Not to shrink back, but knowing we have a Father who is there for us and can walk with us during these dark times. Say it again. It will be okay. Say it with me. It will be okay. It will be okay because our Heavenly Father is good. Our Heavenly Father is just. Our Heavenly Father is merciful. Our Heavenly Father is forgiving. Our Heavenly Father is great. Let's stand and sing.